It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome to The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour it is a Wednesday, I had to think about that, uh, the 12th of April time flies. I'm Andrew Gagan, great to have you with us. All right, uh, today on the show, we've got Carl Cabalinga from Think Markets and Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Gentlemen, welcome to you both. Um, Good afternoon, Andrew. Hi. Henry, I was just asking you before we came on, saying, look, uh, building on those really impressive gains we saw yesterday on the local markets, yeah. um, I'm looking at consumer confidence um, up for the for three, three weeks in a row off the back, obviously, of the RBA pausing, yep. more and more people talking about, that's it, we're done as far as rate hikes are concerned. Why the euphoria? Um, well, I think there was a bit of catch up. Um, I'm not sure if we're done, but we're pretty close to done, I think, is the answer. The other thing I think which was important was the Newcrest bid, the increase by Newmont by 16%. It is a script bid, so we have to bear that in mind. But I think that just showed that Australia in US dollar terms is kind of cheap. You know, we've seen the bid from Albemarle for Liontown. We've seen the bid from Newmont for Newcrest. There's a lot of other bids out there. Private equity is pretty active at the moment, Invercare, etc. So I think it just sort of shone the light that maybe we had got a little bit too um, negative about the local market. Also, you know, we're running into the bank results. Banks have been big drivers of the recent uh, push higher. Uh, we've also got those big dividends coming up. We've got the May budget as well. So I think there's just a number of factors. The US has been pretty solid, not spectacular, but it has been pretty solid. And I think, you know, as the banking crisis, if it was a crisis, whatever it was, mm. the, the speed hump in the banking circles in, in the US and in Switzerland, as that recedes into the background, I think a little bit of confidence is returning. I'm not sure it's going to last, but I always said April will be a good month. So far, it has proved to be a good month. I think May gets trickier, and then June is going to be an interesting month from a tax loss selling point of view. All right, so yeah, April looking good. Uh, Carl, come on, you're our resident bull then. Um, what's the chart yeah. telling you about the local market and where we're likely to go? Oh, look, I agree with Henry. I mean, April historically is the best month of the year, and it's proving that way, and it helps that March was so so awful. Um, I mean, there's there's another theory, I guess, that I can offer, and that uh, we're in the soft landing. How about that? So we, we're here, we've arrived. The landing is soft. Interest rates are now officially on hold in all jurisdictions around the world, is my big prediction, and economic growth continues to, to trundle along. And that's all you really need for a bull market. The, the, let's face it, the market is a bull market for 98% of the time, 2% of the time, you know, it's, it's not going up. So... Um, We've seen bull markets come out of worse economic circumstances than this. Uh, you asked me specifically about the trends. Look, trends aren't aren't terrible, and uh, that's that's uh, that's all you need to know. They're not terrible right now. All right, wheels are down. We're trundling <laughs> along the runway. Uh, all looking good then. We'll, we'll see. Tug in cheek on on the call that interest rates in jurisdiction, all jurisdictions on hold. I hope, I hope viewers caught that part of the, uh, the the slight sarcasm there. All right. Okay. Sure. 
seriously. All right, well, let's see how this is all playing out with the stocks we're looking at today. And our first five, we'll be taking a look at Webit Nano, Yan Coal, Vimoto, Poseidon Nickel, and Bellevue Gold. Now, our stock of the day is Next DC. In fact, its shares, um, they're up more than 9% this morning. Um, and uh, that's its highest level since uh, uh, April uh, last year. And after recent custom wins, the contracted utilization rate, which measures that measures the extent to which data center servers are being used, that's risen by 43%. Its new S3 data center in Sydney has benefited most, uh, now at 46% of total planned capacity there. Um, so uh, obviously business is good for next DC. I guess the question is, can it last? Carl, how do you look at next DC? I guess as these demand for uh, data centers uh, increases. Yeah, look, no doubt um, what we're doing right here is going to be recorded and put on video on demand. It needs to be stored somewhere and you know, stored for however long. It's got to, you know, it's got to sit somewhere in ones and zeros, and that's where Next DC comes in. And that's, you know, not not just obviously what we're doing here, but all sorts of important uh, government organisations that are storing their data, um, you know, companies, etc. Uh, and it is, you know, uh, ubiquitous, I guess, with this, uh, you know, digital revolution and movement of data to the cloud so big tick there you know if you look at the last um, three or four years that we've had earnings for them uh, not making uh, a, a net profit yet but EBIT uh, positive we're sort of you know 20 percent compound annual growth rate so just giving viewers an order of magnitude of what the growth is in here um, they still need to turn a profit obviously it's no point having great um, increase in revenues if you can't get a profit out the back end uh, that will probably happen uh, not this uh, year, well, obviously this year is nearly finished, outside chance of FY24, but probably in FY25. And then you're looking at about 750 times earnings is what you're paying. So yes, there's great growth. Then we move to the stage, well, what are you paying for that growth? And it is substantial. FY26, if all goes to plan, because the, the growth trajectory is you know, bottom left, top right, that comes down to 100, but still seems pretty high for me for earnings you're going to get in a few years' time. Uh, so I can't say based upon uh, the valuation I ran on this, it's particularly cheap. The brokers are saying it's pretty much fairly valued. They've got a price target that's around 3 or 4% higher than the current price. Looking at the chart, the chart would sort of agree with that. I think around about 12 to 12.20, we're going to see some significant supply coming into the market because we've seen um, significant supply around this area in the past on the basis of i think it's pretty fully valued i think the brokers are thinking it's probably pretty close to fully valued and we're at the chart resistance and today's candle isn't looking great i reckon you can trim some here it's not an all-out sell because otherwise the trends are pretty good short-term trend is up long-term trend is up the candles price action all fine but um, i like to take some off the table when we get a big pop-up like this especially when we're hitting those big supply levels so trim for me andrew is typically one third of the existing position one third okay all right henry um, is that a sell then? Um, well, it's, uh, it's, it's a semi-sell. It's a semi-sell. Okay. Well, we can do semi-sells. I, I tend to agree with Carl, i got to say, that if it's going to be a semi-sell, it has run hard. There is kind of a big short position in this one. About 7% of the stock is shorted. So we have had this knee-jerk reaction higher today on the back of those utilisation rates at Macquarie Park at S3, which is looking good. I have to say, when you think about this, this company seems to have been around forever. You know, it's been a long story, hasn't it? Data centers and yet to be profitable. Um, you know, I think that's that's kind of telling. These are capital intensive businesses. They cost a lot of money to run. 
uh, to heat, or rather to unheat, really, to cool. Mm. Um, and you know that's clearly taken its toll in the last uh, period of time. This, the stock has recovered really, really well off its lows around nine bucks. Um, and it is going pretty well today, up 9% today. But I would be with Carl taking some profits here. There is this sort of uh, short squeeze, I suspect, happening today. Good numbers, though, good utilization. So that's important. But, um, you know, I think it's recovered in line with tech stocks, in line with the market. But I think from here it gets harder. So I'd be uh, looking to semi sell or trim or uh, at least take some profits here. 12.15, 12.20 looks to be a good place to take some money off the table. All right. So both thin agreements essentially with Next DC take a bit of money off the table there. Trim, uh, car looking at a third of what you may have there. All right, well let's um, let's sort of start uh, stay in that in that field um, with our first pick uh, as chosen by you. This one chosen by Chetan. Uh, it's Weebit Nano, and uh, in fact um, Henry, I'm going to defer to Carl first because it was his Christmas pick, and in fact Chetan saying Carl told us. That this was his favourite 2023 pick, and then he tells us he sold it all. In fact, I remember Carl, I was, I was talking to you, what well, must have been a, uh, last month, wasn't it? And I said, yeah. What have you done with it? Yeah. You said, Well, yeah, I've got rid of it. Um, okay, just explain why you chose it, why you've now disposed of it, and what the future holds. Uh, well, I, look, the reason why I chose it is the chart looked good. Um, I had to do the advent calendar, I was in Sydney. And they said, hey, um, look, can you do one in, in about 15 minutes? And I said, well, okay, let me find a stock for you, okay? And I literally ran a scan as I do every day. The market is open and uh, I got had a short list, probably maybe 15 or 20 things. And I shortlisted the shortlist, shortlisted that. And I came back, came out with my favorite chart at the time, which is a wee bit. Uh, so to say I knew it was gonna do this is, is ridiculous. I just found for viewers a really nice chart, which is effectively is my job. Um, it turned out it's probably been the best stock on the ASX in 2023, at least at one point. But um, as I always say, you can't look at any of my suggestions and say, well, Carl said uh, X, Y, Z six months ago, and therefore he's still thinking that. That is absolutely not the case and is probably not going to be the case given that charts change, uh, price momentum changes. So remember, I'm in stocks for a good time, not a long time. And we had a great time on this. But when uh, it's like, I always uh, liken this to you're at a party and somebody yells out the dreaded words the keg is running out okay it's it's time to move on to the next party and we saw signs of that uh, very clearly in the charts uh, sort of through early march and again using that trim method so trimming a third trimming a third on the next um, candlestick pattern that we didn't like, trimming a third on the next candlestick pattern we didn't like, um, and it got us out. But look, actually, when it had that uh, big placement there, it would have been the last third exited. So um, just to update viewers, yeah, where, where are we now? Um, there's nothing to see here. Uh, the, the party's very, very quiet, and there are always better parties. You know, this, you know, doosh, 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 doosh. You can always hear it down the street, Andrew, and that's where I'm looking right now. We're heading over there. I, I, I can't even call this a hold based upon what the chart's done since. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, move on. All right. Sounds as though you haven't moved on from your frat days. But anyway, I take your point. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, uh, what, what, what about the fundamentals then? What, I mean, it is a... It's a semiconductor IP company uh, founded in Israel, based in Israel. Um, what do you see in it? I was waiting for the Animal House John Belushi <laughs> uh, toga uh, to be uh, to be part of Carl's douche, douche, douche. Um, obviously, uh, this was possibly the worst managed capital raise no, I have awful. seen 
for a long, long time. Yeah. It was just awful. The stock ran really hard on some good news, up to nine bucks, and then absolutely collapsed. And after it collapsed, the company then raised capital at five bucks. You know, yeah. th they this should be, sack this their needs brokers. To be investigated. It should be investigated. Well, it, it is should ridiculous. be investigated. It, the yeah, ASIC they, they, should be on this. This, this was yeah. the leakiest ship in the world. And these guys have been well and truly, um, you know, legged over to an extent. You know, they, they, they saw this share price up to massive levels. And then there was the leaky ship. Really and truly, ASIC should be looking at this one big time. Because at the end of the day, the company was then forced almost to issue the capital at five bucks. And that has become a little bit of an indigestion point to say the least. There's a lot of bad feeling I suspect around this one. I actually added this to the, my small cap portfolio at $4.65 um, after it got slammed. Uh, it went through the five buck level and, and sort of picked down. And uh, I'm hoping that I can get out at about $5.50 on any kind of bounce. But there is a lot of indigestion around five bucks. There is a lot of trust issues now, I think, with this stock. It's usually very good at communication. But if I was Weebit Nano, I would be in the market looking for a new broker that does have not Chinese walls, but at least mm. some walls, because mm. th this yeah. was just pretty disgusting, actually. I haven't seen too much like this for a long time. So um, I feel a bit sorry for Weebit because it's taken a lot of the wind and the momentum out of their sails. And uh, whether they can regain that, I don't know. But um, it's a hold at the moment. I, as I say, I bought it at 465, looking to get out at 550 on the bounce. But five bucks, there's a lot of indigestion because of um, that placement and that capital raise, which was handled absolutely disastrously by the brokers involved. All right, well, that was damning. Um, just just yep. uh, Andrew, I've got yep. a couple. Look, um, what we're referring to is the big, the big leg down, and I'll give you the date. So it's the 22nd of March. So the stock was trading, uh, just a normal trading session, but it just happened to have, uh, be falling from 7:30 high on the date of 5:54, whatever that is in percentage. Mm. And then they got a trading halt uh, during the day. They got it, but did not um, halt the stock. They didn't request a trading halt to the, the next day on the 23rd, where it was announced that they are considering a capital raising, but have not decided 100%. Go ahead with it. So, if they are considering it, um, and the the stock is still trading, why was it falling? Why was it plummeting towards that that price on the day before while the market is open? So somebody knew about it. Yep. Uh, if it, it certainly the company knew about it, but someone else knew about it, and the stock was trading. It is absolutely disgusting what happened there. And if you were buying it at eight fifty nine bucks to then see a placement at five five dollars, absolutely shattering. And for me, when when I see shenanigans like this, it does turn me off buying it just to, even if it hasn't had a half decent chart i think henry's with it in with a chance to get 550 but the way i'm looking at this now is we're just finding a better level to sell out that's all all right there you go that's sobering for we bit nano <laughs> if you're in it in particular or as if you're lucky enough like carl no not lucky but clever should we say you managed to get out before then all right let's get into coal now um in fact we're going to take a look at yang coal uh, alexander wanted to know about this but just before we do i note that um it appears coal this is according to cba coal exports to china almost doubled from february to march we sort of had that unofficial ban from uh, from china but uh, as we know uh, from the news cycle we're actually hearing from penny wong and the like that uh, those relation relations between Australia and China appear to be 
thawing. So that's obviously good news, particularly as far as our exporters are concerned. So to Yan Coal, uh, with those uh, what mines in New South Wales, Queensland, WA, um, also looking possibly to pick up um, some assets from BHP at the same time. Henry, what are your thoughts on Yan Coal? Um, this is a funny one, isn't it, Yan Coal? I mean, the, the, the go-to coal stocks really and truly are Whitehaven and uh, New Hope. Yan Coal sits kind of outside it. The trade can be thin at times. It is, from memory, the Chinese had a go at taking it over at a low price and kind of got knocked back. I must admit, I'm not a fan. I think if you go for coal stocks, you go for Whitehaven, which is just downgraded uh, today. So that's interesting to see that happen. Clearly, you know, there is a little bit of um, thawing with the uh, the situation between us and China. And this is, for all intents and purposes, this trades on the Chinese market as well. This is kind of a Chinese uh, stock, um, far more so than Whitehaven or New Hope. For me, it's probably a hold not massive fan of this one mainly because it is thin and it is kind of run um i'm not sure what the right way of saying opaquely a little opaquely um i wouldn't even say opaquely Uh, i'd say it's behind a brick wall to some extent (laughs) this isn't the chinese wall this is a brick wall you know this seems to be a plaything of other people and not for me Mm, interesting uh yeah you also point out whitehaven down around five percent in fact today what yeah, cut production guidance, raise its cost guidance at the same time. Well, you know, it's something we've seen for a lot of mining companies, isn't it? Talking about cost guidance. BHP talks about 12% inflation within their um, their business at the moment. So this one, is, it's been a, an almighty run for this stock and it overshot to the upside. It's probably going to overshoot to the downside as well. It's um, It's been on a long road since, uh, since Christmas, really, mm. uh, downwards. And uh, this is not going to help their case, I don't think so. Um, if you're in Whitehaven, I think you're going to be stuck there for a little while. Carl? Yeah, look, I get, I understand all of Henry's concerns with Yan Coal. It is a little bit opaque. Um, it is ultimately uh, a, a Chinese company uh, with significant Chinese interests um, on the register. But I do think it's the pick in the sector. So this is where I'm going to go opposite to Henry. And I think. Whitehaven's probably the worst because if you just look at the assets, um, Yankol's assets are just, you know, they've got bigger reserves with longer mine life. Whitehaven's, you know, order of magnitude 25, 30 years for Yankol, order of magnitude 10, 11 years for Whitehaven. So they're going to have to keep that exploration going to, to, you know, to keep those reserves coming along. So I think Yankol has a big advantage there. I actually like the fact it's a little bit opaque. I like the fact that there are Chinese interests in here because if the Chinese economy gets going, this is the one they'll probably go for and they have um, got that dual listing on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. So there's a little bit of risk reward going in there. Um, they do export all of their coal apart from the coal that the New South Wales government just locked up uh, of them, but that's a very small proportion overall. They've repaid um, all their debt. Uh, which is impressive because obviously, let's face it, they're making a huge amount of money with the coal price where it is. And that's the only sticking point. Is the coal price going to stay where it is? Um, I think we've found a flaw. I'd love to know what Henry thinks about the coal price. I I think we're close around that sort of 180 to 220 if I put a big range on it. And that's fine for these guys. 
Um, and if that chart, that chart, uh, Yankol chart, if we put it back on, that big gap down is the dividend. So as a technical analyst, I'd like to add that back, which puts it pretty much close to the top of the range. So in terms of the price action on this one, it's actually it's actually still very much an uptrend and it's held up so much better than Whitehaven. So if you've got Whitehaven, I'd switch into this one. If you don't have this one, I'm not sure if I'm a buyer until it starts to trade a little bit higher, maybe back through that 650 level, just to confirm for me that the money is coming back into coal as a concept, um, but it's certainly a hold for me. All right. Yeah, Henry, do you have your view on the coal price at all? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carl. It's an anti-climax, wasn't it? Above, above my pay grade, I'm afraid, mate. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's move on then, shall we? Uh, in to something completely different. Uh, Vmoto, a guy wanted to know this, saying it's profitable, EPS growth rate 20% plus, great growth in Europe, yet the share price is not going anywhere. Am I missing something? It is, uh, in fact, what electric motorcycles manufacturers uh, arrange there uh, in China. Um, Carl, is um, is he missing yeah. something? I, I like it conceptually. I think what a great concept, right? Electric scooters and motorbikes. Now, it's more they're more aimed at the scooter end of the market. So, you know, you mentioned China and, hey, instead of, you know, the, the, the old two strokes going up and down, um, plug it in, rechargeable electric scooter to make your deliveries of whatever it might be or to get you from point A to point B. And that really is the niche here. It's not um, these high-powered, high-performance electric uh, motorbikes, at least not, not at this stage. So we're talking um, around, give or take, they've got different products, but let's call it 50 kilometers range okay so you're not going a long way but uh, you can you, there's a swap out battery could could potentially double that we're not talking about um, high speeds here we're talking about um, city traffic speeds so you know up to 50 uh, some of the higher end models you're getting to the 60 or 80 kilometers an hour but certainly if you think about um, the global growth story of what this represents, um, I think it's very, very exciting. But you've got to take that excitement and turn it into a business case uh, and, and something that's profitable. And I think um, they are they are doing that. So they're they're um, obviously uh, producing uh, these. Uh, motorcycles both selling to consumer and obviously um, rebranding these uh, to other businesses. Um, sales seem to be ticking along really well. Um, we've got growth rates sort of mid-teens. Um, we're not profitable yet off the top of my head, but uh, if we look at what the companies just said was their NTA, um, we're pretty close to that. So was it about 50, 60 million NTA for an enterprise value of 74 million? It seems really, really cheap to me. So I think conceptually great story, um, seems to be some growth in the business and uh, from a valuation point, it looks cheap. So tick, 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 and then I get to the chart, which is where it falls down. Um, it's not a bad chart, it's just very, very flat. So it's something I could get excited about if the rest of the market starts to get excited about it. And that would be sort of a move through about 45 cents. Uh, and some people might be confused and say, hey, Carl, you know, it's 35 cents. Why would you let it go up another 10 cents before you bought it if you like it? So, well, I like it. That doesn't mean the market likes it. So when the market starts to like it, if I still like it, then I'd be happy to buy. So I, I can go hold, but not a buy yet. Right. Okay. Uh, Henry, yeah, you, you just try me as a bit of a scooter guy. Uh, not really, no. 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 Motorbike. I have had bikes in my time, yes. Right. Uh, bigger ones, BMW yep. 650s and things. Okay. So this is lacking grunt? 
Um, you know what? I've been there with this stock. Right. I wanted to. I really wanted to like this stock, and I, I held it for a long time in, in my small cap portfolio, a long, long time, and uh, followed it studiously, and was even going to go to um, the Scooter Central place in Brookvale and go for a test ride on one of them. Um, and, and as Carl says, all the numbers kind of look good. The volumes are not great in this one. I think the problem is, uh, apart from the liquidity issue, is that the kind of the food delivery market is one of their big, big markets. You know, the uh, the scooter with the with the thing on the back that keeps everything warm. Yep. Now we know that those are all struggling at the moment. Yeah, well, During, milk runner just fell over. Didn't milk it? runs gone. Um, mm. Not that that was a, uh, a hot food delivery. That was groceries. But there, mm. you know, there's a lot of these businesses that have uh, have failed. Uh, so I think that's kind of weighed on things. You know, when you look at where they are geographically, they have a big, big spread uh, across the world. Um, I think maybe they lack a little bit of focus. Um, they've got to deal with Ducati as well, which sounds really good on paper, but it's not really very good in terms of profitability. It's a $90 million company. I really wanted to like this, you know, electric scooters, what's not to like, India, China, et cetera, et cetera. But it, does seem to have suffered from the sort of the, the, the Uber Eats kind of market not being as flash as it once was. Um, and I think that's weighed on it because they, they've had to take over their British distributor, their UK distributor, they bought them out, which gives them, I guess, a little bit more uh, control over their product. But yeah, it's just, it, it sounds really good on paper, mm. but it just doesn't go anywhere. All right, you're frustrated by it. Frustrated, yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I think I was long at 48 cents and they're now 35 cents. You know, it's not been, I, I cut them a long time ago, but it was just really frustrating. Every now and then they had some good news on sales and then they'd sort of just peter out again. So, so if, if you did hold it, what would you do with it? I think if I held it and I believed in it and I had bought them for a reason, yes, I think I'd continue to hold it. Mm. You know, they're not doing too bad. Record revenue last year of 116 million bucks um you know record NPAT 10.3 they've got cash um i'd just like to see a little bit more focus and maybe a bit of recovery in that um in that sort of delivery market which you know this is what these scooters are designed for yep um jump on off you go with your pizza in a way you know that's, that's what they're there for mm. all right okay that is vimoto right let's get back into resources um beside nickel um, starting to make progress towards its uh, Black Swan project in WA. Uh, that's following what it says is positive outcomes from its feasibility study as it moves towards a final investment decision. Uh, Henry, well, if you don't have a view on coal, have you got one on nickel? Because Peter has asked you a direct question saying, when do you think Poseidon will start to move? Good question, Peter. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. Next, and, and this, this next Tuesday. This, yeah, next, next Tuesday, Tuesday about yeah. 10 past 11. Yeah. Um, yeah, should move. I don't know which way it'll move, of course, Peter, unfortunately. <laughs> but it will move, that's for sure, as, uh, as they say. Um, Poseidon Nickel, this is a tricky one for us because uh, Marcus is... Uh, is the boss and he has a big holding in this one oh. uh, so it is, is fraught with danger for me so I certainly is not a sell uh, 3.7 3.8 cents every time I look at it I think I'm gonna buy some PA um, it's a nickel stock black swan project but it's just taking an eon to get to production we haven't even got 
to uh, the final investment decision yet. Um, that's expected in the second quarter, 23. Then you've got to talk about funding, debt, etc. Um, you know, it's, it's nickel. Um, everybody kind of likes nickel to some extent. But to me, this is a specy buy at 3.7, 3.8-ish. And mainly because it, it, it did the, it almost did a, um, a, not a wee bit nano, but it did a placement at, I think it was three and a half cents. Um, after falling all the way down from about 10, 11, 12, mm. then it did a placement at three and a half cents. I mean, really, come on guys. They've got cash in the bank, um, but I think, you know, there's some catalysts coming up. The, the final investment decision will be the catalyst to get this thing re-rated as long as it's a big tick in the box. So, you know, nickel bounces around 3 4% some days, up and down, but it's it's got exposure. Nickel Black Swan is is a restart rather than a, you know, a, a complete um, greenfield site. So, speculative buy, 3.8 cents, speculative buy could go to 5 cents quite easily uh, with the wind behind it and a decent catalyst with the FID. Bearing in mind, Maybe your boss has a greater conviction on it, but I'll take your point. He's got a greater conviction and a much higher price. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Carl. Well, I reckon Marcus might have to uh, cough up a little bit more pretty soon. They've, I mean, there's 11 million cash in the bank by my reckoning, uh, and they're burning about 12 million a year. So they've got less than a year runway. And anyway, they're going to have to raise uh, 50 million capex to get to production, but that could be debt. Um, that's quite possible. Uh, but quick quick turnaround to get to production under a year. Um, the, the resource reserves are there. I mean, I've been covering this on the call, I reckon, for the last couple of years. And uh, for, for the viewers, I, I, I keep my notes uh, on each company and in a, in a Word document, it just builds. And I just build up my notes and my notes and my notes. So I've got a substantial amount of notes here. And I've got um, FID by May 2022 here in previous notes, Henry. <laughs> yeah, look at me. <laughs> yeah, with, with, with full commissioning uh, during December 2022. Yeah. And here we are in April with uh, now the, the final ex- uh, investment de- decision, as Henry says, expected in the first half of uh, 2023. And we're, we're pretty much through the first half. Um, but I, look, I, I think there's something here after the next placement, if you want to wait that long. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I don't think it can go much lower just on the basis of what they've got and um, the, the net present value of the project, which uh, is basically the market cap now. Um, it's it's an option on the nickel price. So uh, nickel prices, if they get back up to as little as where they were in um, at the start of the year, in January, December, then this thing uh, should be double the value. Uh, but I'm just mm. just so it doesn't get sent to the investment committee and save you some trouble there, Henry. I'm going to go hold. Thanks okay. Thank All right. God you saved that. that one. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. Appreciate yep. that. Good save. All right. <laughs> let's uh, let's stay in the resources sector and go for gold. Uh, we're looking at Bellevue Golds today, uh, poised to commence production in the second half of the year. Uh, mineral resource of more than three million ounces. Uh, expected to generate some uh, more more than two billion dollars in net free cash flow. Uh, Carl, of course, we know the gold story recently. Is this yep. the one to take a look at? Uh, yeah, I think you should have been looking at it already, especially, I'm sure I've run this on Ausbits. Uh, maybe you and I have even talked about this. Um, so Bellevue Golds, they're um, sort of commissioning uh, the plant now. They're looking to get into production very shortly. Uh, in fact, they are actually mining and, and sending to stockpiles because they need to commission the uh, the 
the plant, the processing plant. So that's where they're at. Um, so not an established gold producer like Newcrest or Northern Star, uh, an emerging one, let's call it, and very much emerging in terms of how much they're aiming to produce. So we're talking about 200,000 ounces per annum, which puts it on the bottom end of mid-tier maybe at the top end of small uh, resources uh, of about 3.1 million ounces, reserves of 1.3, which again puts it on the uh, top end of small or bottom end of mid. So that's what you're getting. Um, look, the market likes it right now. I've got no reason to complain. It's one I've talked about many times in my Tuesday webinars. Everybody's welcome to join. Hit me up on Twitter. The link is there. Uh, and on that basis that, you know, I've been saying very good things about it and it's going up. I have to continue to say hold. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm a buy here because it's not necessarily my favourite in uh, the gold space and I do have a few favourites at the moment. Um, so I think you, Chris, you would hang on to that. But Northern Star, I think, looks very good. Remelius, Resolute, uh, Emerald, uh, all uh, ones I've given Osby's viewers over the last month or two. And I would stick with those. Um, have a look at DeGray. I think that's a very interesting one. Um, that's not yet producing, but has a huge, huge resource and a huge production profile if they can get that up and running. Um, Perseus on the chart looks half good. Evolution starting to look good. Um, uh, I'll give you a couple of specs, Andrew. I know viewers love Goodness, these what specs. are you not liking? Jeez. Black, 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 <laughs> cat, black Cat Syndicate, BC8. I haven't given you, I mean, we've got, what, we've got 100 gold producers on the OSX. Yeah. Rocks Resources and Aura Band. I tip those on Ospies not that long ago. They all still very good. Uh, but don't forget, as I always say uh, to you or Kyle, whoever I'm talking about, gold, uh, we're in it for a good time, not a long time. If the trend changes on the underlying uh, commodity, we will start to trim on these. But I think we're fine for now. Good. What a bag you had uh, for us there. Um, all right. So, Henry, we'll, we'll, we'll find out what you're liking, but do you like Bellevue Gold? I can't match that, can I? Carl's just thrown his <laughs> scattergun. It's just like being thrown out. Uh, Bellevue Gold, good, well-funded, uh, good project coming up to production. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, the gold price, obviously, is the key driver here. It has been uh, pretty good. 2,000 US, 3,000 Aussie. Uh, I can't argue with Carl. I think this is a good one. And uh, I think you should continue to hold it. Uh, the one that I have been holding for a long, long time is DeGray, D-E-G, the stock code there. Um, it is kind of, uh, it's the next, well, it's got a very big project and uh, it will be a producer. So that is good. That ticks a lot of boxes. And, can, we, uh, can we put a buy on that one then, Andrew? Is that, is, is that on, allowed on, on the call? We both called it, uh, both called it a buy. No, I technically, I don't think that's allowed. Technically, but we'll, we'll watch out for it. Maybe we'll try and get it into the next one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bellevue Gold, uh, nothing wrong with it. All good. Uh, it's certainly one of the premier ones that are coming close to production. So uh, I'd stick with it. The question mark, of course, is the gold price. But at the moment, the gold price is hanging in. You know, Bitcoin's 30000 The gold price is 2000 There does seem to be a bit of money being parked, I don't know whether this is a, the, a right theory, but there's a lot of money that's been parked outside of the US banking system under mattresses. And I suspect some of it may be flying into the gold market. Some of it may be even flying in its way into the digital currency game. Mm. So, um, you know, bank deposits in the US, not the most popular thing uh, after the SVB debacle. So uh, there's, a, there's a bit of money out there. I think the pressure on gold will continue to push it to the upside and we should see record highs. All right. Well, plenty on offer right there. Okay. Well, let's summarise uh, where we've been for the first half of the show. Our stock of the day was Next DC, uh, the data centre operator uh, with new customer wins there. Share price has gone well today, and both Carl and Henry in agreement. They're willing to trim at these levels. Uh, more specifically, Carl saying around a third. Uh, but yeah, Henry Green takes a profit. Uh, our first one, as picked by you, Webit Nano. Um, 
And Carl, this was his Christmas pick because he said it looked like it was great on the chart. And as he says, in for a good time, not a long time, but he sold it. And uh, But then, of course, we hear the worst, well, Henry's saying it was the worst managed capital raise that he's seen. Uh, ASIC should investigate. Carl's an agreeance there. Um, and Henry said, look, he's looking to sell, but he's holding it at the moment. Yan Cole. Uh, coal exports look as though they're back on as far as China's uh, concerned. Uh, Henry has a hold on that. He does prefer Whitehaven, whereas Carl's the reverse. He says the pick of the sector is Yang Coal, likely to benefit from uh, from Chinese growth, given that it's a heavy investment there as far as uh, Chinese holdings are concerned. The Moto, um, uh, Carl's saying exciting, but not profitable. He's got a hold on it. Uh, Henry's saying he wants to like it, but it's lacking focus. He wants to see more focus uh, he also has a hold on it. Poseidon Nickel. Um, Henry points out that uh, that Marcus uh, from Marcus today is big holding in it, uh, but pointing out that it's taking a bit too long to get to production. He's got a specky buy on that, and Carl has a hold and Bellevue Gold. Um, a hold from Carl, and he gave us a whole list. I'm not going to mention them of one that he's, he's interested in the moment. Um, Henry's liking it, saying it's it's well funded. He's got a hold on it. Both in a, uh, agree that DeGray is the one to look at it. We're not going to put that in the portfolio. We're going to maybe take a look at that on another day. All right. So that gets us to our uh, portfolio that the call is tracking, conceived on in March 2022, picked by our investment committee. Latest episode of that is life here to watch. Checking in on the update into April, New Century was removed, WiseTech was added, weightings of West Farmers and Macquarie Group went up by 2% each, another 1.5% was added to Boss Resources, 7% cash was spent. And in terms of performance, it's up almost 10% on a cumulative return basis since its inception last year. All right, so keep sending in requests, keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Next for us in the second half of the show, we'll be taking a look at Rarex, Phineos Corporation, Tauga Group, Alpha HPA and Silver Mines. So let's kick it off with Rarex. Uh, John wanting to know about this, saying they have recently significantly upgraded the resource size and are planning a further upgrade in April. It is... Um, well, it's Rare Earths, which is why it's called Rare X. Um, Henry, what's your view? Good name, isn't it? Yeah. Appropriate. Um, this one is a, a kind of a micro cap in some respects, certainly in the Rare Earth space. $34 million market cap. It's got the Cummings Range Rare Earths project, which, as uh, your viewer has suggested or has said, there has been a big upgrade in the, uh, the resource there, which is good. That's certainly positive. Um, I guess the problem is um, it's just a long way away from actually generating any money um, and a long way away from anything really. It's just been sort of um, ping-ponging around at various levels. Every now and then it has a bit of a a run-up when the punters get in on the back of some good drill results and it quickly sells off again and then we rinse and repeat lifestyle business, etc. Lifestyle for the directors, not for shareholders necessarily, unless you time it right. Rare Earths is an interesting space at the moment. There was a company yesterday, I think AR3, Australian Rare Earths, which had an 84% gain. Uh, It was written up by Warwick Gregor uh, from Far East Capital as one to watch. And there are some suggestions that there is a tit for tat 
potential at the moment with China and with America, with the way they're handling China with the chips, etc. The China, which basically controls the rare earths market, could start to put some constraints on exports. And as a result, uh, people are looking around for rare earth plays. My my favourite one, obviously, is Linus, which has come under a lot of pressure. It's fallen from about nine bucks to around six fifty. Uh, we've got a, um, a, a licensing issue in Malaysia, which they're trying to sort out with um, with their processing plant in WA here. But that uh, that depends on them opening it on time and on cost and on schedule, etc. Mm. So, but uh, the next one down the neck, the, the next cab on the rack is um, Arafura, which Gina Reinhardt owns a whole bunch of. So those are my two picks. This one, I think, you know, it's it's. It's a specky, you know. If you can predict the next set of drilling results, yep, knock yourself out. I mean, you're a better man than I, Gungadin. All right, but um, yeah, if you're in it, you probably believe it's a hold. It's not a massively expensive thirty-four million dollar uh, company with a quite a big uh, project, but it's years away from any kind of um, any kind of development. All right, Carl. Yeah, look, can't add anything more to uh, the precise words that Henry's given you big 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 project uh, as in there's more stuff in the ground than uh, Nolan's than uh, Arafura's Nolan's project in the Northern Territory uh, and yeah maybe maybe bronze medal I don't know with Linus uh, getting the gold and Arafura getting the silver but uh, unfortunately for both of those though Linus and uh, Arafura again closely watched uh, by Think Markets clients, and we've been sales on those uh, for a while now, and I don't think they're looking any better. And I don't know, I mean, this one is not awful on the chart. I can see some signs based upon um, the last couple of announcements, as you said, those resource upgrades that the volume's coming in. And I always say, you know, volume uh, in one of these little spec companies, uh, think of like the volume on your stereo, you know, stereo. So when there's lots of volume, you know, turn that volume up, there's lots of interest. Uh, and it, it drags in more interest, you know, it gets in, in the chat rooms, it gets the excitement going and, and people start to look at it more uh, when there's no volume, there's no interest. So we've, we've got some interest here. Uh, I can certainly get to a hold on that basis. Um, prior to that, it was, you know, just a consistent downtrend. I don't think I can go buy yet, but it's one I could look at um, if the price starts to push back up again, which is how I treat all of these little ones anyway. The only other thing I'd point out here is that they're pretty much out of cash as well. So capital raising is imminent. Uh, as in uh, next uh, by Tuesday at uh, what did we say Tuesday ten past ten expect one <laughs> right okay all right that's rarex seems to be precise yeah okay uh, let's uh, now get in to Finios uh, Corporation it's a software development company a provider of enterprise software um, essentially to insurance government social insurance and the like uh, recently embarking on cost reduction. Uh, exercise. It is based in Ireland. Carl? Hmm. Might have got my Vmotos and uh, Finios's mixed up there uh, where I said that uh, Vmoto wasn't uh, profitable. It is profitable. This is this one certainly isn't. Um, software as a service company, um, they've got uh, Commonwealth Bank Insurance, uh, Westpac Insurance, Aviva, among um, a number of other insurance companies that they service and it's sort of an end-to-end um, software platform to manage your your customers, your claims, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, software as a service, um, great growth in annual recurring revenues. They got belted, didn't they? Uh, 
in the last half year of the report. So that's the big drop on screen uh, that is looking very small there. But if you look far right, 2023 on screen right now, that last little dip uh, was on the fact that they had lower um, total revenues and they blamed it on that, that uh, sales deals well they couldn't close a few deals or deals are a bit harder to close but the pipeline's still very strong so maybe indicating that those deals are going to be pushed out um, but they did say that they had very good growth in their higher margin subscription revenue and that's really the future for this one um, long story short i don't mind the business i don't mind you know i don't mind what they do um, i can see uh, that looking at the financials here looking at uh, the eps line uh, is not going to be profitable until FY26. So there's a bit of a leap of faith to get there. Uh, and then you're actually only paying 31 times earnings to get there. So it's not necessarily expensive at current levels. Um, directors have been buying. I think that's the other interesting thing. And that probably coincides with um, maybe the, the uh, idea that it is a little bit cheap. Um, so we had the CEO, Michael Kelly, buying uh, $1.25 million worth in a range between sort of 113 and 132. And that was around those lows post announcement. So he's kind of saying, well, I think the market's got this one wrong. Um, I can go hold on the basis that the short term trend is turning up with some nice candles and price action, director buying. I don't mind the business, but I cannot go buy just yet. It would mm. have to do a bit, bit more on the price action. Okay, Henry. Um, I'm with Carl on this one as a hold. Uh, the the big miss on revenue guidance and it downgrades there really doesn't sort of help. It's become a, a second half story, if you like, a sort of a jam tomorrow, uh, which is yep. always a little bit of a concern. And uh, they did see um, costs increasing and software as a service businesses are great uh, if once you get that traction, they, they certainly got the traction in the high end. But um, yeah, for me, I think this is at best a hold at the moment. I can't get excited about it really. I guess there's a bit of a bounce from the tech side of things because uh, we have seen technology stocks push higher. It can be quite thin as well. So it does bobble around a bit uh, with a bit of noise, but um, revenue below forecast, revenue guidance downgraded. It's gonna take a while to win back the market's trust. It has done better. It has recovered from that big fall as we do tend to see, you know, that that's, tends to be what happened. Mm. Shaw's got a massive price target on this twice the share price at the moment. I don't know mm. what they're smoking around at Shaw, but um, <laughs> you know, that does seem a bit of a stretch well, considering um, everybody else is um, in the sort of, sort of the ballpark. So it's, it's a hold, um, but it needs to regain a little bit of trust and prove that that second half story mm. is, is really going to come through. All right. Okay, I might ask the guys from Shores next time they're on then. Yeah. Okay, um, let's get into battery anodes. This is always a bit tricky, isn't it, uh, to describe exactly what they do. But anyway, it uh, is Tauga Group. Kevin wanted to know about this. Uh, yeah, advanced materials, um, trying to establish the most sustainable battery and consumer products. Let's like, the line from the company. Henry, Tauga. Um, I like this one. I've been long this one for some time. It had a really good blip up the other day. Hit two bucks in a sort of feat, um, a very optimistic uh, kind of announcement. It, it got some environmental positions in Sweden. This is a, a paddock to plate kind of battery company in Vitangi in uh, Finland and um, in Sweden rather. And uh, as a result, it, um, it's interesting. I've got to say, I like this one. Um, paddock to plate, they're, they're kind of doing the whole chain in terms of battery materials with their anode materials. They did get these environmental permits for, uh, for the graphite mine in Sweden. Um, the resource is big. 
there was a, as I say, there was a big blip up to two bucks. I think everyone got a bit carried away. Uh, it's, it's come all the way back to a dollar seventy, and uh, it's sort of going to try and settle there, I think. But this is a hold. I hold this in the um, in my small cap portfolio, and I have done for a little while. Done quite well out of this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to hold it. If it got to two bucks again, um, I needed to be quicker on the buzzer. I'm afraid, <laughs> right. <laughs> and be a seller there because I think that's a little bit overs. But dollar um, seventy as a hold, I think it'll hit um, you know one eighty, one ninety again in time. But it might, you know, that was a good opportunity to take some profits. But uh, I missed that one. All right, Carl, is that what you're seeing? Well, I think look, if it got back up to two bucks, it, it's probably good, right? I mean, it, it, it did see that big um, pop up and then just profit taking. So it's not ready yet, is, is, is what the market's telling you. It's not ready to stay at $2. But if it was to get up to $2 and stay there, it's telling you that, well, that supply's gone. So you pro- in that case, you probably hang onto it. Uh, but that's the future. Let's talk about what's happening right now. It's also one um, I, I do like, again, it's quite popular in, in, in the Tuesday sessions. Uh, I had, I've had a buy on it um, just before... Uh, or about a month before the uh, placement, which uh, is very frustrating when these things occur. That is, um, you think something's going up and then there's a you know, 30% discount. Uh, handled much better, by the way, than the, uh, what was the other one? The Weebit, I know. Yeah, I mean, this one was a, a much uh, much smaller discount and a, a less of a, a pump beforehand. Um, so that I'll give I'll give them a, a pass on that one. Um, look, I, like, I don't mind the trend. It, I, I think we can hold it. Um, as in, when I say we, I'm talking about um, again, think markets clients. So yeah, we're a holder, not a not a buyer. Is probably the quickest way to put it. And it's just look, it's it's one of those projects that is just taking time um, to get to fruition. Uh, but once it does, if you look at the uh, the NPV on this, is is obscene compared to the market value. So I'm not saying it has to trade at the NPV right now, but um, there's there's plenty of upside uh, if this gets going. Okay, all right, that's a hold from both then on Tauga Group. All right, let's now take a look at uh, stock picked by Philip, Alpha HPA. I haven't really come across this before. So, I mean, it's saying it supplies the materials to decarbonize supply chains using high purity aluminium products. Um, Carl, maybe you can fill us in a little more. Uh, yes, no, you, yep, yep, that's pretty much what they do, uh, given the name, uh, Alpha HPA. So uh, basically we're using uh, this, in, uh, it becomes a powder. Uh, we're using it to make um, hardened glass. So it's called sapphire glass. You use that in your smartphones, your watches, uh, your LEDs is probably the, the major use actually. There's a little uh, wafer in each LED that is essential to the operation. Uh, so it's very much a you know, tech play. Um, at the moment, they are producing aluminium nitrate uh, with a view to get to aluminium sulfate. And I mean, it's kind of who cares, isn't it? But that's what they're doing. Uh, these, are the, these are the sort of the low value chain stuff, but then uh, they're hooking at the stage two to get into the, the HPA. Um, but they've actually just announced the, the sapphire glass thing just uh, a couple of days ago. Um, Henry can correct me if I'm wrong. And that was um, that got it, that really got it going because that is significantly higher up the value chain, and that's going to be happening much probably sooner than the HPA, which is still requiring uh, funding to get going. So look, it's it's not one of those that is uh, just kicking over rocks uh, in the desert trying to find or res- a resource or their you know scoping study. I mean, they're they're stage one trying to get to stage two. Um, so. I think it's it's something you definitely you want to hold. Um, I actually 
called it a buy a little bit lower down, um, again, in my Tuesday sessions. But I think it's had a bit of a run here. And because we start to get nervous about things when they start to just get close to a dollar, we, we like to trim things at the round numbers, I would say, uh, hold only. So, mm. But still looks very good. Okay. Henry. Um, this is a hold. I mean, this isn't... Um this is a chemical processing company, effectively. They get mm, feedstock yeah. from other people and they process it into what Carl says, talks about LED lighting, uh, sapphire glass, all that sort of thing. They've just got a $22 million grant from the Queensland government as well. Um, and when you look at the guys involved, I mean, these guys know how to process and get the uh, the goods out the other end. So I, I don't mind this one. This is probably a hold for me at the moment. Uh, it has had a really good run, topped up with that um, that Queensland government news as well. Uh, that really kind of helped push it up towards nearly a dollar. It's 93 cents at the moment. Um, I'd love to buy it at sort of 80, 85, but that may not happen. But um, yeah, it's definitely a hold. If you've got it, hold it. No reason to sell this just yet. But um, yeah, the more you read about this story, the, the more interesting it is. You know, when they grow in these crystals that um, they shave basically to make the um, the watch faces, etc., yep. uh, and smartphone faces. You know, it's 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 a chemical processing thing. It's not rocket science. They're not digging the stuff up themselves. They're getting this feedstock from other people. So, um, to me, this looks an interesting way to play that technology space and uh, growing use of smartphones, LED conversion, good for the planet, etc. Um, you know, we're getting all these offers from the government to convert all your lights to LED. So, um, yeah, definitely a hold. But uh, as Carl says, when it gets to a dollar, there's that round number syndrome, which can come into play. And uh, that we do sometimes see a little bit of profit taking there before it kicks again. But um, good news. All right. Okay. That's a double hold then on Alpha HPA. Let's round it out with Silver Mines, um, which does what the name suggests. It is a silver uh, explorer. And Andrew, not me, wanting to know about this, uh, wants a view on it. Um, saying that, uh, well, it's after their Bowden mine has received approvals. His question, is it a sleeping giant? Henry. Um, it's a sleeping environmental um, giant in some respects, because this is in Mudgee, this is in wine country. Right. Um, so there's, there's, there's a significant amount of opposition uh, for this yeah. locally, problems with water tables, etc. I mean, it does what it says on the box. It's silver mines. Mm. And it's very hard to get silver exposure, just silver exposure, because mm. it tends to come with, with other things. Um, so, you know, silver is pretty much a function of gold. Gold goes up, silver goes up, and there is kind of a ratio that blows out every now and then, but silver is pretty much a function of, of the gold price. This has benefited from the gold price. The approvals are obviously uh, good, but I think there's gonna be a little bit of pushback from the local community. Uh, we've got a new government in New South Wales as well. They obviously, they're privy to this decision and they're happy with this, but I think there are some issues still out there because Mudgee is a sensitive kind of environment. So I'd be taking some profits here. It's had a good run. But, um, you know, silver, gold, they're pretty much fungible in some respects. Uh, you know, when gold goes, silver goes. Uh, they do tend to move in tandem, albeit sometimes a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a, a sort of a delay to one or the other. But, uh, yep. yeah, I just, yeah. All right, wary because of those Wary because sense. environmental issues with Yeah, magic. you prefer your wine rather than your silver, clearly, Henry. Yeah, solar panels, that's, that's where they use silver a lot for. <laughs> okay, Carl. 
Yeah, I like silver. I think silver looks really good on the chart. I actually think it looks a bit better than gold, and you know, I like gold. So, unfortunately, there's not a lot of uh, places to go on the ASX, as Henry suggests. So, there's this one, which is still uh, pre-production. They're, they're, look, they're, they're advanced stages, but we're not um, anywhere near a final investment decision anytime soon. So, uh, at at the moment, this is just a, a bunch of silver in the ground, and but a substantial um, deposit. You know, as in a, a globally significant deposit of silver. Uh, so one, I think that, what I think is what I've been uh, telling uh, Think Markets clients uh, to look at is uh, Adriatic ADT. So these guys have a project in Bosnia, which should be in production by the end of the year. Uh, so that is the one that I think Markets clients are more focused on. And yeah, I can go, I, I actually didn't, I must admit, I didn't know all of the environmental issues um uh, that these that silver mines are having that's more literally in uh, Henry's neck of the woods than me over here on the west coast. Uh, but given that, yeah, I think uh, let's go uh, let's go trim on silver mines. I think it's had a pretty good run. Um, so trim some and then mm. maybe look to switch into Adriatic. Adriatic, all right, want to look at there. Okay, let's summarise where we've been for the second half of the show. Uh, Rare X. Uh, Microcap, as Henry points out, um, long way to go before they start making money, though. He's got a spec, well, shall I say a specky hold on it, perhaps? Um, and uh, Carl, he's uh, he's got a hold on it. Also, the other ones mentioned Linus and Arafura, which uh, Henry likes, but uh, Carl's actually selling. Uh, Phineos Corporation and the software development, uh, a hold from both. Uh, Carl points out it was belted on its half-year results, and Henry's saying it is thinly traded. Tauga Group, uh, Henry likes it. He's gone long on it and uh, sort of vertically integrated in, in the battery space there. He's got a hold, as has Carl, though, did have a, a buy on it. And uh, Alpha HPA, uh, a hold from both also, and finally there, Silver Mines. Uh, both essentially trimming uh, Henry there, taking some profits. Well, I've got to say, we weren't really in a buying mood today, were we? Well, you've got to say, the market's run pretty hard. You know, we've yeah. had 150 points in the last two days. We've run off sort of 6850, 6900 to $7,300. So, you know, the easy money's been made. It gets harder from here. And maybe that's reflection of uh, our optimism and our buying enthusiasm. Yeah, Carl, would you agree? I'm in a buying mood. I'm just waiting for the charts to okay. get there, basically. But uh, yeah, look, I, I think the under some of these underlying trends are just starting to look good. And yeah, I think you know there's so much negativity out there that it wouldn't take a great deal of positivity to get the substantial amounts of cash that are still in the sidelines to come into the market. All right, we did manage to dig up a a, a, a buy though. That was degrading. Just not on the um, list. Yeah, just not on the list. So I'll have to get to that next time. All right. Hey, Carl. And thanks. May, for... Maybe on Poseidon. Poseidon was a half. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, Henry, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Marcus today and Carl, of course, from Think Markets. Thanks to you. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Henry. Bye. All right. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au. You can tweet us at TV. Coming up, uh, we will have The Pulse. Uh, Justin Tyler will be joining us from Daintree Capital. Stay with us. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.